The voice of the Blue Bombers one-on-one with Mike O'Shea. The Pro-Line Gold Bomber Coaches Show on 680 CJOB. The Coaches Show brought to you by DeKalb. They are ready to be your number one canola seed. Derek Taylor with the head coach, Mike O'Shea, who is ready to be number one in the CFL power rankings. Coach, how does it feel to be back on top? (laughs) If people could only see my face, they would know how ecstatic I am. Just deliriously have. How happy were you to be one and zero this past week? Yeah, we we played a, a very good football game. So against a good football team, and it's uh, it's really is pleasing when the guys execute at that high a level. It it just reminds me how sports can just be strange sometimes. In that the difference in the score differential between the two games, there was a sixty point swing. From the first time against BC to this one, you know, I don't, I don't. There are so many reasons why things happen, but that's just that's a profound change from week three to to week nine. Just in the result of what happens when two really good football teams go at it, weird things can happen both ways. Yeah, and it's you know, with football, everybody talks about it. It's not a round ball, right? It just doesn't bounce the same, you know, two times in a row. Yeah. So, um, yeah, our our guys were. We're ready to go, and um, it seemed like almost everything we did worked. So it's good. It worked going to Kenny Lawler. It worked going to Dalton Schoen. It uh, it worked on the offensive line. Demario Houston has picks in four straight games. A lot of uh, two guys came back and had uh, very nice season debuts in Kyrie Wilson and Winston Rose. It appeared uh, everything uh, going well in a fifty to fourteen win. Two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight for your calls and texts uh, for the head coach, Mike O'Shea. Uh, you joked to me earlier today, we're talking about a game from, it seemed like weeks ago that that BC game was with the Tuesday edition of the Coaches Show on a long weekend. So we'll look ahead to the Edmonton Elks. That game coming up on Thursday. It is an 8 o'clock kickoff, so the pregame show with uh, Ed Tate, Christian Amell, Ted Wyman, and myself at 6 o'clock live from Edmonton uh, on 680 CJOB. And uh, you've been asked uh, well, in the previous game against Edmonton, and you've been asked in this game against Edmonton, they are 0-8. They're looking for their first win at home in forever. How big a deal is that to you and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers? Well, I imagine if they were 8-0, they'd still be looking for a win at home. You know, so nobody takes the field looking for a loss. I know that sounds very simplistic, um, but... Everybody, every single game, both sides are working towards getting a victory. And this week will be uh, nothing different than that. You know, we put in the work. We've had we had a good day today. Um, and I'm sure Edmonton is, you know, with the change they made with uh, play calling and, uh, you know, another roster addition with Manny Arsenal, Vet coming back and some guys on defense switching out, you know. They're coming off a bye. I imagine they'll be ready to go. Ed Ganey is apparently on the way yeah. back from being on six-game injured list as well. And, yeah, great to have Manny Arsenault uh, back for the Edmonton Elks. 204-780-6868 for your calls and texts like Bob, who hit us up and says, the BC game was as close as it comes to having all three phases of the game work well for one game. How challenging is it, Coach, to achieve this in a single game? Well... 
I mean, they don't often, as I've said this several times, they don't often look like that. 50 points is it's hard to score. Um, and I think there's still room for improvement. I don't know that we uh, – I think there's a couple other things we could, we could have done, and um, and we certainly looked at those things. We didn't just brush off the film and, and move on to Edmonton and said, hey, good enough, fellas. We – you know, you – you go hard at it, especially after wins. It's a little easier. The guys have more, a more open mind, I'm sure. But um, I, I, yeah, when you when you execute at that level, this is what it can look like. How easy is that? No, it's not easy because you have a group of pro football players on the other side that are, you know, doing their jobs too and trying to prevent you on every single play from doing your job, right? So it's. Uh, yeah, like I said at the top, it's it's pretty pleasing when it looks like that. Are you striving for perfection? Um, I think we're sticking to a process, and we're trying to perfect that. I would say, you know, by 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 constantly evaluating it and making sure we're doing the right things. Um, I do think there is uh, something. You know, in sport in general, where it's that that idea of perfection you'll never reach, but you're always working towards that. You always want to be a little better and a little better and a little better and a little better. But there's, I think as you do that, you just always uncover more that you can do. <laughs> you know, so you never get there. Yeah. Right. I mean, guess gymnastics, if you score a perfect 10. I. I feel like Nadia Comaneci still went. Ah, oh, you know what? My it was a little bit. Yeah, it's a little bit pointed because athletes are. And I asked that because we talked to Dalton Schoen and I talked to Kenny Lawler in the post game, and both guys had dynamite statistical performances and made huge plays and big touchdowns. And both guys are like, "Yeah, we could be a little better." And it just sometimes yeah. it just doesn't compute for me. But I, I totally get what they're saying because I could apply it to my own job. But I, but it's just it's. When everybody's like, 50, this is amazing. Way to go. I love this team. Yeah, we could have been better. Is always kind yeah, of funny to me. We, we absolutely could have been better. I just, I'm not sure that perfection is talked about. It's just there's so many variables, including an opposition. It's not like you're just going out and doing a routine. The opposition is there in the face every chance they get, stopping you from doing your job, right? So yeah, I don't, I, I think in a, in a game like football or in contact sport, perfection is, I don't even know, people don't even bother talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Because you don't, oh, because you don't of control the, it all yeah, the time. It, you know, you control your effort, but you don't control what a call is from the official. You don't, you know. So if you did every single thing right and then you had a penalty called against you and then you found out after the game that it wasn't a penalty, is that, you know, like, what do you, you know. And you don't control what BC, what looks BC no, gives you on that opening no, drive. No, it it, no. Like it worked said, out so you could go 105 yards in two plays. I, I think in in single participant sports, when they're chasing a score, you know, it's something that gets talked about probably, but not in team sport, especially contact sports. And like I don't know how you would be a goalie could stop every shot, get a shutout. And they would still have one ring off the post that they missed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, 
and go, oh, geez, I, I took a bad angle on that or I was slow getting across. Guys have thrown no hitters in baseball and lost. Sure. I don't know that, but yeah. A Phillies pitcher back when threw a no hitter, lost the game for nothing. Like, well, I kind of did my job, but. Well, that's the thing. I guess I could have sport. not walked a guy. See, that's the thing about team sport is, <laughs> exactly. is if you're on a good team, nobody's talking about, well, I did my job. You know, <laughs> nobody's doing that, right? So I don't know. Like I said, I don't. perfection is not really something that gets talked about a lot in our sport, I believe. Yeah. 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 The, you make the good point about individual sports. I yeah. immediately went to whatever the minimum number of darts needed for 501. So, okay, there you go. That yeah. could be that could be that, done. That, yeah. Perfect perfection there. But yeah, that's uh, that's a very good point. He is the head coach, Mike O'Shea, with us. It's a special Tuesday edition of the Coaches Show because of the long weekend. Your calls and your texts. We've got John and, and Nick in Houston uh, coming up on the other side of the break. It's the Coaches Show at six eighty CJOB. The Proline Gold Bomber Coaches Show on six eighty CJOB. Coaches Show brought to you by DeKalb. Right now, save up to $50 a bag on DeKalb canola seed. Terms and conditions apply. He is the head coach, Mike O'Shea, with us. 204-780-68 for your calls and your texts. Let's go to the phone lines and welcome in Vanya as our first caller today. Vanya, thanks for your call. Your question for the head coach, Mike O'Shea. Hey, guys. Hope you're having a great night. Just want to say great season. I have two questions for you, Coach. One is for Dalton Schoen. Um, we're season ticket members. We go to every game and watch every game. Um, and to me, it just seems like based off an outstanding season last year, they seem to just give that extra hit to Dalton each time. It's like the announcer says, and a crushing hit and a crushing hit. He gets up every time. But it seems like, I don't know if your perspective on that is that you kind of see that. To not saying that anyone's intending to injure him. And my second question, just quickly, is that last game there against BC, we saw maybe it was in the first half, we saw you even shake your head at the ref. And I know you're the last one to ever say that the refs are doing a bad job. But it just seems like everyone around us, we're all season ticket members, sat together since then. It just seems like the officiating this year has just been below par. And not necessarily bad, but and we saw you shaking your head. Just your thoughts on those two things. Yeah, I think Dalton so far has probably taken a, a couple more hits than than he did uh, at this time last year. Um, I mean, he you know at the end of the game he catches that ball in the end zone that Drew Brown throws and he, and he hangs on and he takes a you know a, a real good shot. Right? There was one I could think of where he jumped up to high point a ball and landed awkwardly. You know, made the catch. But uh, yeah, he's a tough guy. He's thick. He's not he's not a lightweight by any means. Right? So yeah. I mean, I, I think he, he understands the position and he knows now that people know exactly who he is and where he is. Right. <laughs> he's still, I think he's still number two in the league in receiving. Um, yeah. So, you know, you're going to you're gonna get marked and maybe the defenders are a little closer to him this year than they were last year, <laughs> knowing who he is and what he's about. So the officiating, like you, you said it, I'm really not going to say anything bad about the officiating. Um, I am on the rules committee. I know how hard the group works, uh, not just the rules committee, but the head of officiating, um, and, and the league and the officials themselves work very hard to, uh, make sure they're, they're a part of the, a positive experience when you're watching a CFL game. So, um, and we, we desperately need them and we desperately need officials at all levels of, of sport 
in all sports. So, um, yeah, I think it's a it's a neat way to stay part of the game too. So, um, do I disagree with calls in the every game? I disagree with calls, and then there's times where I disagree and I'm absolutely wrong. But <laughs> you know, so <laughs> yeah. If, if you don't mind me, mind me asking one more thing: Has there, because you're on the rules committee, has there ever been thought to putting a ref? in the stands, like at the fans' perspective, not that calls everything that the ref misses, but just on those bigger ones where there's sometimes like a conversation that there's a ref in the stands that can say, no, this is what I saw. Yeah, we, we've tried it. In fact, we're doing it on a weekly basis at home, but they're always at the rum hut. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if that man or woman is subject to bribes, hey, here's some here's some Ryan, Ryan Ginger. Why don't you... Is that what you get at the rum hut? You uh. get rum. Pardon me, I I never get to the rubber. Vanya, thanks so much for your call. Appreciate you being with us. Let's go to uh, line two and welcome in. Lloyd is with us on the phone lines. Lloyd, thanks for your call. You're on with the head coach, Mike O'Shea. Yes, yeah, so two comments and a question. Um, I was at the game on uh, when we won so easily, but it wasn't easy, as you pointed out. Um, would you comment on the use of the sixth alignment? Is that something that we can look forward to seeing? Of course, you have to pull out a receiver then. It seemed to be very effective against the B.C. rush. Secondly, in the Ottawa game that we just watched the other night, uh, Ottawa decides to receive a kick rather than scrimmage on the 40-yard line after a go-ahead field goal from Regina. That, uh, that didn't make any sense to me because it wasted time and uh, meant that they had uh, much further to go in order to try to kick a field goal. So I'd like your opinion. What would you do in a situation like that? Would you take the kickoff or would you take the 40-yard line? So those are my two uh, questions and comments. Yeah, with regards to the kick, if it's after the three-minute warning in the fourth quarter, they have to kick off. Oh, I see. Yeah, they're trying to to promote more excitement and the opportunity to have an onside kick and, and, and right. So if, if back when they didn't have that rule, uh, you could just choose to take the ball at the 30 yard line or 35 yard line back then. Mm-hmm. And the other team might not get possession again. Whereas at least if you have the ball in your hand and on a tee, you can try an onside kick and have an opportunity um, or now kick for a single, possibly depending on the wind and the strength of your kicker's leg. But yeah, it's not your choice now after the three minute warning. Um, oh. And then the linemen, we actually dress seven O linemen right now, and we've deployed uh, all seven several times throughout um, all the games. I believe, if I can recall correctly, we would have used all seven at some point, double tight end set. So. Well, it seemed to me we were doing it more in this game. It was very effective against uh, BC's rush. So compliments to you on that. Well, that's a compliment to Buck Pierce and, okay. and the offensive staff. I, I'm not putting my foot down saying, you must use 9-0 linemen this week. So. <laughs> I need some 2 ELE in my life, Buck. Yeah. Make that happen. Lloyd, thank you for your call. Appreciate You're you welcome. being with us. Uh, Lloyd Nice have joined us at 204-780-6868. Jeff Gray, the fullback. Tui's a tight end. Liam Dobson's a tight end. Liam Dobson was guard. Just everybody everybody gets a chance. Everybody everybody they gets do. some plays. I think it's I think our coaching staff across the board does an unbelievable job in making sure everybody um, gets an opportunity and I think all the players know that we believe in them and know they can help us win. 
John is on the text line, says, uh, can you ask Coach a question for me? He says, early in his coaching years in Winnipeg, he hosted a coaches open forum at the stadium in the Pinnacle Room. Could I ask that he has one of those again? He says, thanks, John. Do you that's, have a... Yeah, that's not up to me. <laughs> that's you you usually... had... You had a. Do you remember what the yeah, forum was? I, I think I think there was probably a couple of them over the course of time. Yeah, just you know, get up there and answer questions. I probably did a presentation on some sort of aspect of the game, um, but yeah, there would have been. This is an open forum right here. <laughs> yeah. We do it every Monday. Yeah, when or uh, Tuesday, depending on the. There you go, holidays and and the Jets hockey. When I was uh, doing Manitoba Bison games, they did they had a game in Sask one uh, one week, and they had a VIP tent area. And before the game, it totally caught me off guard. Brian Towers, their legendary head coach, came down and said, "This is what Manitoba runs. They do match coverage, bleep blah blah." We're like, "Oh my gosh, this is unbelievable." Yeah, BT's phenomenal guy. For he, BT is a he is a awesome dude. Yeah, very good coach. Yeah, and just for. For norms like me, I was like, oh, this is amazing stuff. Like, this is, wow. They He knows this. It's not revealing any inside info. Everybody knows Manitoba runs this match coverage, but he kind of explained what it is. Oh, oh okay, this is this is really good. Any chance we have to crack open and get a little, a little extra from you, potentially with wine and or roast beef around? I prefer barbecue. Barbecue is good, too. Are you a pulled pork or maybe a burnt ends or rib? Burnt ends. Yep. Yep, all of it, actually. I like it. My kind of guy, the head coach, Mike O'Shea. Still not going to get me to do another open forum, <laughs> possibly. 204-780-6868. It is our open forum every week with the head coach, Mike O'Shea. Uh, give us a call. The Coaches Show at 680 CJOB. The Pro-Line Gold Bomber Coaches Show on 680 CJOB. The Coach's Show brought to you by DeKalb. They're ready to be your number one canola seed. 204-780-6868 for your texts and calls. We've had a lot of texts talking about James Murphy going into the Blue Bombers Ring of Honor. He'll be the 15th person inducted into the Ring of Honor. Uh, Coach, I know he was done before you would have started playing, but do you have any James Murphy memories? Or you've, I'm, I'm, hoping, I'm hoping you've met him in your time I, as head coach. I do not have any James Murphy memories, but I'm, I'm looking forward to making some. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, obviously, that kind of honor, that kind of talent level, right? He's just... He gets talked about a lot. Yeah, 1986 MOP of the league, three-time Grey Cup champion, the MVP of the Grey Cup as well. He retired as the as the Bombers' all-time leading receiver. He's been. Uh, I I first got to meet him as he ran a he ran a fish and chip shop down at the Forks, and I worked down at the Forks. I'm like, oh my, I can't believe James Murphy's still here. I love I love guys who who come to Winnipeg, fall in love with Winnipeg, and go. You know, I'm going to make this my house. I I maybe didn't know where this was when I was a kid, but this is my home now. Yeah, you can't argue with a guy with uh, those kind of numbers and, and championships, right? Yeah. All right, let's go. Uh, the text line is 204-780-6868. We have a bunch of texts piling up. Sarah from Houston says, great performance last week. Did you do anything special in the bye week to prepare? No, it was a regular bye week. You know, I I, I think even though the coaches are off, there's always a certain amount of thinking they're doing, you know. They try to get away from it, but it takes a, a while to wind down. Um you know, 
by now you've studied all the opponents, right? You know what you're you know what you're getting into. Mm-hmm. But so no, it was a it was a a fairly typical bye week. Another texter unnamed says, great game last week. I've been concerned all season we're giving up too many yards on our kickoff and punt coverage. Coach, what is your feeling regarding this? Uh, I think we're we're doing a, uh, okay. I do think there's there's times where we could tackle a little better. But, you know, there's good returners across the board. Right? Everybody's got one. Mm-hmm. Systems-wise, there's, you know, you, you tweak things here and there, but not not much has changed. Punt systems remain relatively constant for a number of years, um, and they've worked well for us. So I don't I don't know that we're going to change any system like that. Really, okay. you move a few pieces around here and there. What's What's been your uh, impression of Greg McRae as your primary returner, engineering Grant's absence? Yeah, he's doing a good job, especially for how much we're asking him to do on offense too, right? So um, it's it's not easy being back there, right? And you come from I, – I know he's been here a, a while with us, but you still – being back there catching a punt and not having a fair catch is, is an interesting proposition for a lot of guys. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's not it's not comfortable, um, and and he does a good job. He looks he looks good back there. Is he struggling catching the ball? No, I don't think so. I think there's some there's some times where he's, you know, his focus changes too quickly. You know, where he's looking looking upfield and trying to find his spot to to make his mark. You know, okay. But uh, no, he's 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 fine. Right. Mike is on the text line says, oh, this was about barbecue. Uh, where's the best barbecue you've had? And if it's, a, if it's at your place, can Mike get some? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I don't know. There's, I don't know that I've ever had bad barbecue. Yeah, that's the thing. Doug Brown has an Austin, Texas story that blows my mind, but it, it, I don't know that there is bad barbecue. I guess there could be, but... <laughs> I'll keep trying to find it. (laughs) There you go. I like the way you put that. Dan is on the text line. Uh, He says, Coach, is Brian Doby as hard as you? Can Mike O'Shea Jr. uh, Basically, he's wondering how Mike O'Shea will think of him being with the Manitoba Bisons. Well, I'm excited for him. You know, I think he's, it's another opportunity. He's, he's had some success wherever he's been. And I think he wants to continue that. But uh, more importantly, he wants to be back on a team playing a game he loves. So I think it's pretty cool that he's getting another opportunity to do that. And you'll get to see him play, I mean, potentially fairly regularly if you if you want. I hope. Yeah, yeah. That, would be, that would be pretty cool. Uh, I want to ask you from this past game, you've been, gosh, it, it's at least the last couple of games, and maybe since Celestin Habba was injured, uh, you've been working with six defensive linemen in rotation during the game. Are there is that working as as well as you'd hoped? Well, Damian Jackson jumps up there too, and he took eight or nine snaps off too. But we, because we package uh, other players in in other positions, sometimes we're only you know only have three out there, so you're you're basically doubled up. But yeah, we have a good rotation. Um, once again, with with Damian, you have a seventh, and with packages where you're only using we're using less. I mean, the guys get the rest they need, but uh, yeah, in years past, we've gone with seven and we'll see where the roster trends, um, 
you know, really depends on who we're playing and, and um, who's healthy and who's not and, and what we think we need to do to, to win certain football games. But right now it's, it's going well. I hadn't, I hadn't thought of, of I, I don't, I didn't remember Damian taking snaps at defensive end until this past game slash. I saw it in, in practice as well. You, you would consider him, Hey, he's, he's our special teamer. He's our seventh line. He's doing what, if we put Miles Fox on the roster, he's he's giving us the same relief rotationally. Well, no different position, right? Because yep, we we got we got three ends and three interior guys, um, and then when we go to a, a lighter package, you take out an interior guy usually, so they get a little extra rest. But uh, you know, Anthony Bennett deserves some more reps too, right? So it's it's um, I I think it's. It's working out well right now. Once again, what it looks like the next game and the next game and the next game, you know, I think the roster for us is can be fluid at mm. times. You like the consistency, some continuity, but um, you do have to make decisions, uh, you know, from one week to the next on how you think you, you need to set your roster to help you win the game. Yeah, it's it's fluid. The... the uh, the good folks at uh, Morning Big Blue, the one of the chat boards, are, uh, there is some thought of, well, we need more defensive linemen, and we see other teams roster eight and nine defensive linemen, and I wonder how much of that comes down to who teams like to use on special teams. Yeah, uh, you know, Ottawa, for example, several years ago, were using a lot of D linemen on special teams. Um, some some guys like their special teams a lot bigger than others. Uh, you know, also depends on the draft and who you've been who you've been taking and how you stockpiled it. That I'm sure, you know, you got to dive into their rosters too to find out who's injured and who's not. You know, for them. Yeah. So we got a lot of guys that can play football. With uh, Celeste and Haba eventually coming back from the injured list, Taiwan, uh, Taiwan, pardon me, Garbett, uh, new guys of a couple weeks ago has been seen in practice some uh, some options uh, coming for the Bombers. 204-780-6868. My apologies to, to Steve. I left you hanging there a little longer than I wanted to. Thank you for your call. You're on with the head coach. Hello there, coach. Uh, I got a question uh, that uh, I, I, I think what the CFL needs to do is uh, to improve the game. There ought to be allowed two coaches' challenges Oh, one per, one per half. If, if, the, if for for instance, if the coach doesn't use a coach's challenge in the first half, that challenge should be allowed to be carried over into the second half. Uh, I would like to see that. And and the other thing I I, I want to know because uh, I've been trying to find this out. I want to know who are the individuals in charge of CFL control. Like who who are they? We the public. We're left in the dark. We're not giving you their home addresses, Steve. We're just not going to do that. But a cell that's a good number. Question. I, I can give you a cell number right now. If you know. Um, very competent people that have been in the league for a long time. You know. So. Yeah, but I mean, like, uh, like who's the head head honcho of CFL control? Who's the head honcho? It would be the director like, of officiating. Well, who is that? What is the person's name? <laughs> I'm not telling you his name on the air. Steve, give it a Google when you when you get a chance to. Yeah. But yeah, the director they have a director of officiating. Well, uh, and, okay, and 
Oh, okay, I, maybe you don't want to publicly name the individual, but the other thing I'd like to see Derek do during a broadcast of the game to improve the game. At, be, before the football game starts, I'd like to know the names of the officials that are officiating the game when the game's being broadcasted. Yeah, I can understand that. I, I don't generally get a list of those, but I could absolutely track one of those down. Well, yeah. they, they announce the, the officials before every game. Yeah, but uh, to, to have I, me say them though would be yeah, yeah. yeah would uh, that's uh, that's not a bad idea. Um, the the more challenges for coaches, Steve. Speaking my language with this, I think there should be endless challenges for as long as coaches are, are correct. But what do you think about coaches uh, like to, or challenges like timeouts? You get two and you can carry it over well, if you like. We, we tried that before, where if you want a challenge, you got another, and you know. Oh, I want that to go endlessly. Yeah. Then broadcasts go past three hours and people get uptight about that too. So, um, yeah, I do think there are games where you could win more than your two challenges. But I, I don't know that it's good for the game either, right? If the game drags on, I think today's audience gets a little disinterested. Yeah. I'll, I'll always remember a game where on the opening drive, Dave Dickinson used both his challenges because two calls went against him. I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I wish he didn't have to, but those were those were yikes, and he, he got them both overturned. I, mean, I, I would love to see him have more because I would love it to be – I would love everything to be perfect. Let's just say that. But uh, what we've got is is what we're going to get, and I'll continue to gripe from my uh, my perch unaffected by it all. In the end, it is 745. We continue with the head coach, Mike O'Shea. 204-780-6868 for your calls and texts. Chris, we're coming to you on the other side of the break on 680 CJOB. The Pro-Line Gold Bomber Coaches Show on 680 CJOB. Coaches Show brought to you by DeKalb. Right now, save up to $50 a bag on DeKalb canola seed. Terms and conditions apply. 204-780-6868 is your direct line to the head coach, Mike O'Shea. Chris, thank you so much for your patience. You're on with the head coach. Hey, O'Shea, how's it going there, buddy? Not bad, Chris. Uh, good win on uh, that day. Let's continue the uh, trend here. Yeah, it seemed to work out okay, didn't it? Yeah, oh, yes. Uh, like uh, the announcer saying, and uh, and my uh, buddy of mine, they were saying that when teams uh, tries and uh, spikes us about uh, beating us in our, our uh, home barn, we don't take any uh, crap from anybody. <laughs> well, that would be the plan. Yep. Yeah. Uh, good luck on the road again in Edmonton. Hopefully you guys can pull off a big win uh, um, in Edmonton there. All right. Appreciate and, it. Yeah. And uh, hopefully uh, you can get that. Uh, hopefully we can finish off the season in first place. Well, we're just going to do it one game at a time. We'll go to Edmonton and see what we can do. Chris, yeah. th- thanks so much for being with us. Appreciate you uh, giving us the call at 204-780-6868. Uh, we've got a couple of texts, uh, Mike, about the, the horse collar penalty on Willie Jefferson. And I I was reminded that I don't know if I know the updated standard for what a horse collar is because there's grab a guy by the collar and pull him down. And you could hurt him, but there was also shoulders. There's name bars. What, as you know it, what it, what well, is? Obviously, I don't know it. <laughs> oh, all right. 
That would be the that would be the correct answer. Is that where the head shaking that was that the caller referenced earlier is that the, uh, the head shaking moment? Yeah, maybe. Um, <laughs> well, if you're if you have the if you're inside the harness, what they call the the harness, the shoulder pads, it's automatic. If you're pulling down and back on the name bar, I guess that's an automatic. Below the name bar, it's not. Um, so. Uh, I'll have to review that and make sure I'm up on all my rules again. Did you not love the? I Willie? thought he had him on the shoulder. Okay, you know when I saw the replay, um, it looked like he had him. Yes, by the jersey, but by the shoulder, not the name bar, <clears throat> and um, I didn't think there was a, a down and back motion either. So. Inside the shoulder would still be a penalty if it was inside the shoulder. Yes, uh, as best you know. Depends. I mean, I imagine if it's a quarterback, yes. <laughs> imagine if you're running beside a a receiver and you grab him by the jersey, by the shoulder, and pull him down beside yeah. him. It's not going to be. But uh, yeah. And do you do you have to? And stop me at any point. But do you do you have to pull him to the ground stop. by? It? Okay. No. <laughs> or does no, it just yeah. is is having grabbed it enough? Because I've seen I've seen it in the past years where grab it and the tackle's made with something else, but oh, he grabbed the collar, so it's yeah, it's got to be a horse collar. Well, they were you know years ago when they implemented this, they're just trying to deter the behavior, and I think they've done a good job with that. You know, guys stay away from it as much as they possibly can. You know, if you get in a situation, you know, where you're reaching, that's usually when it happens. They happen a lot when a guy gets a defender gets stiff armed in the in the face mask. You know they get a they get a stiff arm from the ball carrier and they end up reaching once again. You know because they don't can't get through the tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll uh, I'll put that one in the in the memory bank for sure. Yeah, keep that uh, that one around. Uh, what did I wanted to do? Two zero four seven zero sixty eight sixty eight on the daily coaches show today. We talked about Barrington Wade is a linebacker who was with you guys in training camp, signed by the Chicago Bears, and it just strikes me that oh wait a minute the Bombers, but then the Bears, and it kind of doesn't it doesn't always compute. But you when you and I were talking earlier. The CFL and the NFL are, I took away, the CFL and the NFL are the same sport, but they're different games. Yeah, and they're certainly different when it comes to the special teams aspects, you know. And that's where where Barrington was having to compete. And, um, you know, it just takes a while to get used to to our style of game. So when you got to get your roster down to a certain level and, you know, Brian Cole sitting there and Malik Clements and Kyrie is going to be coming back and obviously Biggie. <laughs> you know, there's not a lot of space. Yeah. Brian Cole ma- seems to make plays every game. Absolutely. He's, Absolutely. he's, oh, there's Brian again. Oh, there he is. Oh, now he's on defense. Okay. There he is. He's, he really, he's, yeah, he's very tri- noticeable on specials. He's a, he's a very, he's a terrific athlete. And yeah. He, he flies around, uses his speed well. Thursday. You're at Edmonton uh, to go one zero again. Trey Ford will be the starting quarterback, and we were talking with Willie Jefferson earlier today, and he has some memories of playing Trey Ford, and he he relishes the thought of chasing around a quarterback who can run real fast because Willie gets to to open it up. Uh, what will it be like playing against Trey Ford? How much do you know? How much have you seen? Yeah, I mean we we've seen everything he's done, <laughs> right? So, but you know, obviously this year there's a limited book on him. Um, I'm sure he's 
uh, more comfortable with uh, with the system. And I'm sure, you know, having Jarius as the play caller, Jarius will have uh, as the quarterback coach will obviously have a um, a very thorough understanding of um, what he wants to do with Trey Ford. But you know, we all know this. I think anybody that's ever watched him, uh, the few games he's played, he is one of the best athletes on the field, on any football field. Uh, that's how good an athlete he is. So we certainly have to be disciplined in, in, in our defensive game. In the preseason game last year, the one here, it was, he was, I think he ran for 50 something yards. Like he was, he caught me off guard with how fast he was at football speed. Yeah. And he can make you miss in a phone booth. So it's not just the speed, it's his quickness and his, fluidity right he is um he's a very slippery player right he's he's got such quick twitch and can change direction in a heartbeat i'd love it if you tell me what they are but you obviously don't have to but are there things that veteran defensive players know rookie quarterbacks do and will attempt to make him do on thursday well, if I do this, he's going to think this, but it's actually this because we know this because no, we've been no, in the, no. the, the CFL for a long time. No, I think when you're dealing with a guy who's so shifty, it's – I know what I would do. I'd just close my eyes and hope I made a tackle. <laughs> but if you were built like Willie, you'd have to, you'd have had a different – Well, then I would never close my eyes. Exactly. <laughs> it's, uh, it's exciting. I, I just – I don't know. I, I want the Elks to be good. Um, I, I feel like their organization is doing things uh, that that are great. The Elks are the team of my childhood growing up near Calgary. They won five straight great cups. I would like them to be good. I would like a Canadian quarterback to be amazing in this league. Maybe not this week, but I just I want I want well, we so had much. One last year that was amazing. He was he was really good. Uh, I would just I just think that's that's good for for all of us. Uh, connect it, you and the CFL, me connected to the CFL. If the Elks and Trey Ford were, were to be amazing. Yeah, I can appreciate what you're saying. It's a little uh, – I need to be a day removed from the game, like afterwards to probably speak in that language. But you know me, I'm a CFL fan, and I do think that all nine uh, teams need to be really good. You know, it sort of – it helps everything we want to do. Yeah, it sure does. All right. That is the coach's show with the head coach, Mike O'Shea, uh, available on the Blue Bomber podcast feed. If you download it, we would love to have you uh, join us. And yes, eight o'clock Thursday, six o'clock pregame show from Edmonton, the Bombers and the Elks, the rematch from a couple of weeks ago. Uh, tune in to hear Ed Tate and Christian Amell and uh, Ted Wyman and myself. And we'll bring in the game from Edmonton as the Bombers uh, play week number 10. They open week 10 in the Canadian Football League. Appreciate you being with us for the coaches show.